Chapter Three of The Mystery of the Sycamore by Carolyn Wells. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. One last argument. Adjoining the bedroom of Samuel Appleby at Sycamore Ridge was a small sitting room, also at his disposal. Here, later that same evening, he sat in confab with his two assistants. We leave tomorrow afternoon he said to keefe and miss lane but before that we've much to do so far we've accomplished nothing i am a little discouraged but not disheartened i still have a trump card to play but i don't want to use it unless absolutely necessary if you are inclined to take us further into your confidence mr appleby keefe began and the older man interrupted that's just what i propose to do the time has come for it perhaps if you both know the situation you may work more intelligently sure we could exclaimed genevieve she was leaning forward in her chair clasping her knees her pretty evening frock disclosing her babyishly soft neck and arms but without a trace of self-consciousness she thought only of the subject they were discussing there's something queer she went on i can't see through it why does mr wheeler act so polite most of the time and then do some outrageous thing like like what like refusing to cross the room or why he declined point-blank to go with me to the north arbor yet was perfectly willing to take me to the japanese tea-house that's just the point of the whole thing said appleby seriously here's the explanation in a nutshell years ago daniel wheeler was pardoned for a crime he had committed he did commit it then interrupted keefe he was tried and convicted he was sentenced and i being governor at the time pardoned him on one condition that he never again set foot inside the boundaries of the state of massachusetts we oui, exclaimed genevieve never to go to boston nor anywhere else in the state but this is the complication mrs wheeler who is by the way a distant connection of my own family inherited a large fortune on condition that she live in massachusetts so you see the situation was peculiar to keep her inheritance mrs wheeler must live in massachusetts yet mr wheeler could not enter the state without forfeiting his pardon what a mess cried genevieve but keith said you planned that purposely mr appleby of course was the straightforward reply then i don't see how you can expect mr wheeler's help in the campaign by offering him a pardon of course but go on with the story demanded genevieve what did they do about the massachusetts business as you see returned appleby this house is built on the state line between massachusetts and connecticut it is carefully planned and built and all the rooms or parts of the rooms that mr wheeler uses or enters are on the connecticut side yet the house is more than half in massachusetts which secures the estate to mrs wheeler well i never genevieve exclaimed so that's why he can't go to the north arbor it's in massachusetts of course it is 
also he never goes into the northern end of the dining-room or the living-room or hall or hall in fact he merely is careful to keep on his own side of a definitely drawn line and therefore complies with the restrictions his den and his own bedroom and bath are all on the south side while mrs wheeler has a sitting-room boudoir and so forth on the north side she and maida can go all over the house but mr wheeler is restricted however they've lived that way so long it has become second nature to them and nobody bothers much about it do people know asked keefe the neighbors i mean oh yes but as i say it makes little confusion the trouble comes as miss lane suggested when wheeler wants to go to boston or anywhere else in massachusetts yet that is a small thing compared with his freedom observed keefe i think he got off easy but with wheeler it isn't so much the deprivation as the stigma he longs for a full pardon and would do most anything to have it but he refuses to stand for sam's election even with that for a bribe you can't pardon him now that you aren't governor can you mr appleby asked genevieve i can arrange to have it done in fact the present governor is ready and even anxious to pardon him but i hold the key to that situation myself you two needn't know all the details but now you know the principal points and i expect you to utilize them i'm willing enough and genevieve rocked back and forth thoughtfully and i may think of a way but for the moment i don't get chummy with maida suggested appleby let me do that keefe interrupted without undue conceit i believe i can influence the young lady and i think miss lane now that she knows the truth can jolly up mr wheeler to good effect but good gracious what do you want to do and genevieve giggled say i entice the old gentleman over the line then his pardon is cancelled and he's a criminal then you agree to ignore the lapse if he meets your wishes is that the idea appleby smiled a little crude miss lane and besides you couldn't get him over the line he's too accustomed to his limitations to be caught napping and not even your charms could decoy him over intentionally think so probably you're right well suppose i try to work through maida if i could persuade mr wheeler that she suffers from the stigma of her father's incomplete pardon yes that's it this thing can't be accomplished by brutal threats it must be done by subtle suggestion and convincing hints that's my idea agreed keefe if i could talk straight goods to miss wheeler and make her see how much better it would be for her father in his latter years to be freed from all touch of the past disgrace she might coax him to listen to you that's right now you know what you're here for just do what you can but don't make a mess of things i'd rather you did nothing than to do some fool thing trust us genevieve encouraged him as she rose me and kurt may not put over a big deal but we won't do anything silly the two men smiled as the girl with a pleasant good-night went away to her own room 
she's true blue said keefe yes she is appleby nodded all her frivolity is on the surface like her powder and paint at heart that child has only my interests i quite appreciate it i hope you think the same of me mr appleby i do keefe more i trust you with my most confidential matters i'll own i want this business here to come out in my favor i can't push wheeler too hard so i ask your help but as i hinted i've one rod yet in pickle if necessary i'll use it but i'd rather not of course i hope you won't have to but i'll admit i don't see much chance of succeeding with the present outlook tomorrow morning we'll tell if we can't work the thing through by noon say i'll spring my last trap good night keefe good night mr appleby without apparent coercion the morning hours brought about a cozy session on the south veranda with miss lane and daniel wheeler in attendance while at the same time keefe and maida wandered over the beautiful park of the estate keefe had gently guided the conversation into confidential channels and when he ventured to sympathize with the girl in regard to her father's deprivation he was surprised at her ready acceptance of it oh you know don't you mr keefe she exclaimed but you don't know all it means to me you see she blushed but went steadily on you see i'm engaged to-to a man i adore and-don't tell me if you'd rather not he murmured no it's a relief to tell and somehow you seem so wise and strong go on then please the kind voice helped her and maida resumed well jeff a mr allen lives in boston and so-so it would be very awkward if your father couldn't go there not only that but i've made a vow never to step foot into massachusetts until my father can do so too nothing would induce me to break that vow not even your lover said keefe astonished no my father is more to me than any lover then you don't truly love mr allen oh yes i do i do but father is my idol i don't believe any girl ever adored her father as i do all my life i've had only the one object to make him forget as far as possible his trouble now if i were to marry and leave him why i simply couldn't do it can't mr allen live in connecticut no his business interests are all in boston and he can't be transplanted oh if father could only do what mr appleby wants him to then we could all be happy can't you persuade him i've tried my best mother has tried too but you see it's a matter of principle and when principle is involved we are all in the same boat mother and i would scorn any wrongdoing quite as much as father does and you'll give up your life happiness for a principle of course wouldn't you wouldn't every decent person i couldn't live at all if i were knowingly doing wrong but your keefe stopped abruptly i know what you're going to say maida spoke sadly you were going to say my father did wrong 
i don't believe he did don't you know i know in my own heart i know he is incapable of the crime he was charged with i'm sure he is shielding someone else or else someone did it of whom he has no knowledge but my father commit a crime never do you care to tell me the details i don't know why i shouldn't it was long ago you know and dad was accused of forgery it was proved on him or the jury thought it was and he was convicted and sentenced yes to a long prison term but governor appleby pardoned him with that mean old proviso that he never should step into massachusetts was your mother then the heir to the massachusetts property no but mr appleby knew she would be so when she did inherit and had to live in massachusetts to hold the estate mr appleby thought he had dad where he wanted him were they foes politically yes because dad did all he could to keep mr appleby from being governor but didn't succeed no but almost so then mr appleby did this pardon trick to get even with father and i think it turned out more serious than he anticipated for mother took up the feud and she got lawyers and all that and arranged to have the house built on the line between the states was the estate she inherited on both sides of the line oh no but it was near the southern border of massachusetts and she bought enough adjoining land to make the arrangement possible then the house isn't on the ground she inherited not quite but the lawyers decided it so that she really complies with the terms of the will so it's all right was your mother the only heir so far as we can find out i believe there was another branch of the family but we haven't been able to trace it so as the years go by we feel more and more confident there's no other heir of course should one turn up his claim would be recognized further talk quickly convinced keefe that there was no hope of persuading maida wheeler to influence or advise her father in any direction other than his idea of right no amount of urging or arguing would make wheeler see his duty other than he now saw it or make maida endeavor to change his views with a sigh over his failure keefe deftly turned the talk in other channels and then they strolled back to the house as was to be expected genevieve had made no progress with her part of the plan her talk with mr wheeler had availed nothing he was courteous and kind he was amused at her gay merry little ways he politely answered her questions both serious and flippant but absolutely nothing came of it all samuel appleby had a short but straightforward conversation with mrs wheeler now sarah he said remember i'm your old friend as well as your relative i don't call you a relative she returned calmly a family connection then i don't care what you call it and i'm going to speak right out for i know better than to try sophistries if you can get dan to play my game regarding my son's campaign i'll see that dan gets full pardon and at once then maida can marry young allen and you can all go to boston to live sam appleby i'd rather never see boston again never have dan see it 
than to have him agree to endorse principles that he does not believe and dan feels the same way about it but don't you consider your daughter will you condemn maida to a broken-hearted life maida must decide for herself i think geoffrey allen will yet persuade her to leave her father she is devoted to dan but she is deeply in love with jeff and it's only natural she should go with him any other girl would do so without a second thought maida is unusual but i doubt if she can hold out much longer against her lover's pleading i think she will maida has your own unbreakable will so be it then the child must choose for herself but it doesn't alter the stand dan and i have taken nothing can alter that nothing samuel appleby that remains to be seen have i your permission to talk to maida alone certainly why not if you can persuade her to marry jeff i'll be only too glad if you find her determined to stand by her father then the case remains as it is at present and so as maida returned from her walk with keefe she was asked to go for another stroll with samuel appleby she assented though with no show of pleasure at the prospect but as they started off she said i'm glad to have a talk with you mr appleby i want to appeal to your better nature good that's just what i want to appeal to yours suppose you word your appeal first mine is simple to understand it is only that having had your own way and having spoiled my father's life for fifteen years i ask you in the name of humanity and justice to arrange matters so that his latter years of life shall be free from the curse you put upon him i didn't put it upon him he brought it on himself he never committed that crime and you know it what do you mean by that appleby gave her a startled glance had maida seen this glance she might have been enlightened but her eyes were cast down and she went on i don't know it surely but i am positive in my own heart father never did it however that's past history all i ask now is his full pardon which i know you can bring about if you want to and i will willingly and gladly if your father will grant my request to put your son in as governor with the same political views that prevented my father from voting for you you know he can't do that and yet you expect me to favor him but don't you see the difference your pardon will mean everything to father and to you yes but that's a secondary consideration i'd ask this for father just the same if it meant disaster for me i believe you would and appleby gazed admiringly at the sweet forceful face and the earnest eyes of course i should as i say it means life's happiness to him and his consent means just as much to me no it doesn't that's just it even though father doesn't definitely help you in your son's election he will do nothing to hinder and that's much the same it's far from being the same 
his positive and definite help is a very different matter from his negative lack of interference it's the help i want and i do want it do you suppose i'd come here and urge it beg for it if i didn't think it absolutely necessary no i suppose not but i know he never will grant it so you may as well give up hope you know that do you maida appleby's voice was almost wistful i most certainly do and the girl nodded her head positively then listen to me i have one argument yet unused i'm going to use it now and with you maida looked up in alarm appleby's face was stern his tone betokened a final even desperate decision oh not with me she cried i-i'm only a girl i don't know about these things let's go where father is no you are the one in your hands must rest your father's fate your father's future sit here beneath the old sycamore you know about the tree yes of course never mind that now i've only a few moments but that's time enough you know maida how your mother holds this estate yes she must live in massachusetts well we do the lawyer said that isn't the point this is it there is another heir we've always thought it possible maida spoke coolly though a dull fear clutched her heart it's more than a possibility it's a fact i know it and i know the heir who is it never mind for the moment suffice it to say that he doesn't know it himself that no one knows it but me now you and i know no one else does do you understand his keen gaze at her made her understand i she faltered you do understand he asserted you sense my proposition before i make it and you have it right you're a smart girl maida yes i suggest that you and i keep our secret and that in return for my silence you persuade your father to meet my wishes then he shall be fully pardoned and all will be well you criminal you dishonest and dishonorable man she cried her eyes blazing her cheeks reddening with her righteous indignation there there my girl have a care you haven't thought it all out yet doubtless you're going to say that neither your father nor mother want to remain here if my statement is true of course i say that they won't want to stay a minute who is the heir tell me and have you thought what it will mean to them to leave this place have you realized that your father has no business interests nor can he find any at his age do you remember that your mother has no funds outside the estate she inherited do you want to plunge them into penury into pauperism in their declining years yes if honesty requires it but the sweet voice trembled at the thought honesty is a good thing a fine policy but you are a devoted daughter and i remind you that to tell this thing i have told you means disaster ruin for you and your parents young allan can't support them 
they are unaccustomed to deprivation and he lowered his voice this air i speak of has no knowledge of the truth he misses nothing since he hopes for nothing maida looked at him helplessly i must think she said brokenly oh you are cruel to put this responsibility on me you know why i do it i am not disinterested End of chapter three